Hey, Late Fees Besties! The No More Late Fees podcast is now available on Patreon. Subscribe to receive exclusive content, including Ask Me Anythings, playlists, live streams, bonus clips, and more. Check us out at patreon.com forward slash no more late fees. Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of our favorite movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. And this week, going with our summer theme, we're doing I Know What You Did Last Summer, a 1997 American slasher. Directed by Jim Gillespie. Written by Kevin Williamson, as we all know from Dawson's Creek and Scream. And starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, and Freddie Prince Jr. All based on the 1973 novel by Lois Duncan. So I watched it on HBO Max. I know you and Johnny rented it. Um, so that's pretty much where you can find it if you want to yes. rewatch after this episode, which you might, you might want to rewatch after hearing <laughs> us go through it. But Jackie and I are not alone. We actually have our friends at the Witchery Podcast with us, Eliza and Jess. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hello, guys. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having us. No, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Jackie, this marks the first time we've gone international. It has. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm ready to start traveling again so I can like go start meeting all of our new friends we've made through the I podcast. know, me too. <laughs> well, we, uh, Jess, you're in South Africa and Liza, you're in England, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. Well, um, we definitely wanted to do this episode with you guys because you really get into the nit and gritty of all things spooky on your... <laughs> on your podcast (laughs) which I love you guys give such really good insight and a a nice breakdown of why some of the things happen in the movie where things come from and it's just a really good listen so why don't you tell everybody how to find you so that they can listen long later on after this episode sure I mean we're on everything aren't we really (laughs) we're we're everywhere you get your podcasts we all find us there we're hanging around somewhere um so you can find us actually through our websites witcherypodcast.com so that's got links to to basically everything we've got a blog on there as well and we're on instagram the witchery podcast and on twitter podcast witchery nice (laughs) before we get started we've got to do our ratings rewind are you guys ready for your first ratings rewind Yep. (laughs) So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play it on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental trash straight up trash all right so we'll start with you Jess what was your y2k rating of I know what you did last summer um would watch it on repeat I think oh okay nice because I was a shallow teenager (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it makes you shallow (laughs) Eliza Um, I'd have bought it 
buy it definitely buy it as okay. a teenager in fact I did buy it okay I did <laughs> <laughs> Jackie um I think it was a five-day rental for me I I don't think I owned it and none of the cast I was just not a big enough fan to watch it on repeat of anyone in the cast yeah same I definitely would do a five-day rental I'm not a huge horror fan um <laughs> I'm a scary cat <laughs> I'm sorry I know I'm such a scary cat and I have to watch it during the daytime someone holding my hand literally we went to see a movie and Jackie and her family kind of like locked me in so because I'm a runner I will <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I will run she is yeah. a flight in yeah, I'm fight a, or flight I'm a flight risk 100% so and it's really hard because my sister like absolutely loves scary movies and so I, I have to push I, I really do the movie starts out and we see this gentleman sitting on a cliff my mom also watched this movie with me. She was in a panic the whole time that he was too close to the edge Aww. and he's drinking a beer and he has this little like charm. He's twirling and then it kind of cuts to a 4th of July celebration in this small fishing town. It seems there were weird fish hats, which I did not care for. <laughs> <laughs> They were very not proud stylish. of their fishermen. They were not. They were not <laughs> stylish. And then it cuts to a beauty pageant. It's the Croker Queen beauty pageant. Wow. Helen, played by Sarah Michelle Geller, is competing in, and her friends. Well, her boyfriend Barry, played by Ryan Philippe, and then her friends. Julie, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Ray, played by Freddie Prince Jr., are sitting up in the, the balcony area watching her answer really thought-provoking questions because she's going to be an actress and through art, she will serve her country. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a question. Why was Je Jennifer Love Hewitt having to sit behind the two guys? Instead of balcony. Well, I guess. So I get, I don't know why if it made more sense if Freddie Prince Jr. sat behind because like she's her best Helen's best friend and Barry is her boyfriend, mm -hmm. but bros be bros. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have any insight. Into that. <laughs> I didn't care it's, for that either. <laughs> it seems like they always labor her being quite meek. Yeah, Maybe that's it at the beginning, like that she's this kind of little fragile, you know, tiny mouse kind of thing. And then oh, she makes gets strong later on. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of is kind of they try and always make her a little bit. They dress her like Blossom from Blossom and then they yes. make her look very weak. It's basically what they do throughout the yeah. whole thing. They do make her very small and mm. weak. Definitely. Mm. So Helen is crowned Miss Kroger. Can we talk about the crown? It's beautiful. I, um, I mean, oh, it's stunning. Mm -hmm. My my background for this because <laughs> that second dress yes. she wears is amazing, and that's the color of my prom dress. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful dress that one. Beautiful. And those dresses so are back pretty. in style as well. Yeah. Or if you look at like any of the high street stuff at the minute, all of it is that style. Yeah, but I definitely loved the the second dress. 
but I really hated that wig she was wearing in the for mm. like the first half of the movie. Agreed. Oh, Epically yeah. awful. I mean, the I agree with the fisherman. She needed a haircut. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a good stylish Daddy. haircut as well. Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that second hairstyle much better than the first with that horrible wig. So then we see they're now at a beach party, I guess, celebrating Helen's victory. And <laughs> and the 4th uh, of July, Jackie. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm pretty sure she was just celebrating herself. She was feeling her oats. Yeah. <laughs> and you get that interaction when she like she's walking into the party with Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, which you know as usual, I don't remember names. Um, <laughs> but they run into Helen's sister. And like, that was such a weird exchange for sisters to have. You could tell very early on that they hate each other. And I don't know. I thought that was actually sad. Yeah. Their whole relationship, the entire movie was just, y'all can't say anything nice to one another. Is this what's happening now? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was because they were trying to misdirect us throughout the whole movie. So they present all these different characters and they're like, maybe it's this person, maybe it's that person. And, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, like the antagonism, it's like a red herring constantly, isn't it? So you yeah. kind of like, if somebody's antagonistic, they have to be the murderer. But it was yeah. just a bit too arch. It was a bit too much. Like, I've, I know sisters that hate each other. Believe me, I know a couple of my best friends <laughs> hate their sisters. But they're not like that. I've no. never seen anything quite that. That's, that's really exaggerated. Yeah. It, and I always, and I've said this about a few movies that we've reviewed, like gone over and it, it definitely comes from the state of men not understanding women or they're writing mm-hmm. for women yeah. and they really have yep. zero insight into that whatsoever. And I never for one second thought Elsa was the fisherman. So it was an unnecessary antagonistic relationship. And then right after we meet another red herring. Max. <laughs> Max, which... I feel like that role was not casted correctly because if Ryan Phillippe is pushing you and tells you to get the hell out of the way and you're like nerd status pretty much and you're like two feet shorter than him, not really two feet, I'm exaggerating, but you really can't, you can't take him. It just like, it would have felt better if you put like maybe another kind of jockish guy or a guy who maybe was on the outskirts, but could take him. Like, it was just such a weird thing. And the fact that he's like almost imprinting onto Jennifer Love Hewitt's character as if she owes him anything. I had to rewind it and re- rewatch just that interaction between the two of them. Um, I wrote, why is Max a close talker and creepy? <laughs> He was in her face. She's politely saying no thanks. And he's not taking the hint. I yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> well, you know what, Jackie, I, if you were in that situation, she did turn to Helen to help and Helen did not. I would have totally taken care of that for you. Thank you. That's why <laughs> we're friends. Yeah. I'd have been like, beat it. Scram. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> and then Ryan Phillippe's character, Barry, is that his name? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Has the very eloquent insult of chum bait. Yeah. 
very clever (sighs) really some of these lines they were it's cringy I don't care for it and Barry's toxic masculinity was just at a high high level from from jump and it just progressively gets worse yes and I was just like how did my younger self think this was attractive in any way and why why are people even hanging out with him he's just an ass the entire time and only gets progressively worse like you said to the point where my mom was like Barry needs to die when does he die (laughs) (laughs) my poor sweet mom was rooting for a teenager to be killed (laughs) but he was problematic and he caused so many of the issues they had in this movie because there wouldn't be a movie without him (laughs) drunk ass in the back seat oh so yeah and then they decide to go to after oh and then freddie prince jr comes in and at that point i was like they were together right like they were boyfriend and girlfriend because Mm -hmm. from the beginning where you see them on the balcony and to this scene you still don't get that feeling that they're boyfriend and girlfriend it felt like barry and helen were together but those two were maybe just friends ray and julie right you you didn't get the sense that they were together until you get to the beach scene where my brother said yep as soon as they have sex badness starts (laughs) (laughs) which is so true for horror movies right like it's the horror rules yeah it is yep and it's something that is mentioned by julie's character when they're um in uh, talking around the the fire where that and they're discussing i'm i'm jumping ahead aren't i no no (laughs) you're you're right on schedule They're, they're discussing all the urban legends around the, the man with the hook and, and stuff. And then she, she says, uh, Julie's, Julie says, no, that's just to, um, it's just used as a warning to keep um, young women virgins or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember the exact words. <laughs> no, you're perfectly fine. You're probably better than I would have ever gotten it. <laughs> Clearly. Um, no, but it's true. I love how they're telling those you know, that urban legend and going around and they all have different versions of it. But I think she hit it right on the head that, yeah, it's to scare girls, of course, not scare guys because guys can have sex, but not the girls. Of course. course. Um, So yeah, they make it to Dawson's beach, which I rewound it again. I should have Googled it, but I rewound it because I was like, did they say Dawson's Beach? Because you know it clicked. Kevin Williamson created Dawson's Creek, which is loosely based on his real life living in North Carolina, Fishing Town, mm-hmm. North Carolina, which is the setting of this movie. And I was like, oh, snap, they did say Dawson's Beach. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to wait until I was. <laughs> yeah, it just naturally clicked right then and there (laughs) so they go to Dawson's Beach and they're sitting around a campfire and they're telling an urban legend about this fisherman killer and um and then after telling that story that just automatically puts them right in the mood to get it on yes (laughs) I mean why not (laughs) I mean that's best aphrodisiac yeah that always (laughs) gets me in the mood oh yeah Julie does (laughs) Julie does not follow her own advice nope not at all and and 
bangs Ray in the sand, which is just gross. Afterward, they go to get back in the car. Helen at least has the good sense to take Barry's keys away from him. And of course, his toxic masculinity, no one can drive my car but me. And so Ray starts driving them home and it's this windy, not a road you would ever find in the Carolinas where this movie is set. And as soon as they showed it, I'm like, that's the Pacific Coast Highway. How did we get from South Carolina to California? But okay, we'll go with it. And so they're driving the coast and it's twisty, turny, windy roads. Barry is super drunk. He's standing through the sunroof and is still drinking straight from the bottle. Also complaining that Ray is a terrible driver and trying to like take over. I don't know what Barry's angle was he's an idiot distracts Ray long enough for Ray to hit something in the road. And so they all pull off to the side and they go to investigate and they find a bloody boot, which my mom goes, is that a head? And I'm like, yes, yeah, she's just standing there holding a severed head. Mother. Oh my God. So now they're like, Oh, we didn't hit an animal. We hit a person. And then they find the fisherman and they believe him to be dead. I just feel like this makes me, these, this situation happens so much in movies. I just want to have some sort of friendship pack. Like, okay, if we kill somebody, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are the rules? So we don't have this panic. So we're not threatening each other that, you know, after we've done whatever needs to be done, that we still have our friendship intact, you know? Well, I feel like, Four people is too many to keep a secret. Yeah, 100%. One of them, you would just kill the fourth person. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be safe. You gotta go too. Yeah, there's a low-hanging fruit in every group. We know it. If you have more than three friends, there's there's gotta be that one odd man out and you you just gotta get rid of them. (laughs) So now they're arguing over what to do. The girls are like, we need to call 911. We hit a body. Right. And the guys are like, no, we'll get in trouble. Our lives will be over. No, your lives will be over. I was just in the car. Yes. I wasn't driving and I wasn't drinking. Yep. Not my problem. Yep. It's Ray who hit the man and Barry who was distracting the driver, yeah. which I will testify in a court of law. All day. <laughs> <laughs> so we know who the low-hanging fruit in that car were. Yeah. <laughs> if it were us. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. They somehow convince the girls, and the whole time, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is like, this is not a good idea. Who thinks this is a good idea? Not me. But she kind of just stands there because she's outvoted. No, she doesn't just stand there. She gets blasted. She gets obliterated by Barry's toxic masculinity. I mean, it is just, I mean, I thought he was going to hit Helen. It was so ridiculous when he pretty much decides for the group that he's they're they're not going to tell anybody he's and a sociopath a hundred percent and in that moment that's when I think for Ray he lost so many points mm-hmm. because he was a punk ass bitch <laughs> yes he did not stand up and say it yeah. was an accident I can say it was an accident I don't know what's going to happen to you a drunk asshole and making me distracted to the point where I hit someone in the road. Right. And he doesn't tell Barry to back off his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Again, are they together? Because I don't see it. 
I don't yeah, there see were it. No, there was zero chemistry between Jennifer Love Hewitt and yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, and we can't even say that the actor was distracted by his future wife-to-be because they didn't get together until way after this movie. Mm-hmm. If you were living under a rock, and Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, who are now married, they first met on this movie. They decide that they're just going to throw the body in the water and let the currents take it out to sea. I've seen Dexter. That doesn't work. (laughs) I was confused why they didn't drop the body when they were holding it over the railing when when Max came. Yeah, were they just holding on to it the whole time? Yeah, they were doing. Yeah, I thought they were just going to dispose of it that way, but no. There's massive cliffs. There's the ocean right there. Just covered over, and there you go. Yeah, and that was yeah. I don't think anyone would have thought anything of it if the like there was a body that was found at the bottom of a cliff. Like, I don't think they would have investigated further to see if there was any foul play involved. Yeah. It have been like, oh, it was this guy and he slipped and fell. Mm. Yeah. Stupid they would have just teenagers. left it really then because yeah. they've really overcomplicated it. <laughs> they really by, did. <laughs> by like chucking him there and then making a big thing out of it. Just They should have just owned up at the time. Yeah. Yeah, we should have. But they wouldn't have been a film. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. We should just make a list of all the things that could have prevented this movie from happening. (laughs) And that would have been it. You, If they had thrown him across the cliff, he would have really been dead. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't have this problem. So we have Barry's talk. They should have finished him. Number one. (laughs) With that fourth person. Throw both of them over the cliff. So we, um, yes, Max stops by while um, they're kind of taking the body over to the side. The body that they carried seemed awfully light for them to just be casually walking across the road with it. Because <laughs> yeah. he turns out to be quite a big guy as well. Yes. That's the thing, yeah. like, he's huge. <laughs> and sense. what I don't understand is later on, um, why can't I remember Jennifer Love Hewitt's character's name in this? Julie. Movie? Yeah. Later on, Julie finds out, uh, thinks it's, you know, someone else um, who's a, a lot younger. But when you see his face, when, when they show you his face, he looks old. He looks mm-hmm. older. Yeah. And so I was like, what were you seeing? Maybe yeah. it was the shock. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe she needed glasses because that, <laughs> that could change a lot. <laughs> So so Max happens upon the the car on the side of the road. He gets out. They tell Julie, you have to distract him. And so she's kind of distracting him. Um, Barry's pretending to puke over the guardrail. And really, they're just holding a dead weight body while Max is casually having a conversation with Julie. And then she finally gets rid of him and they somehow make it all the way down. Those cliffs seem pretty high. Yeah. And they somehow make it all the way down to a lovely dock to roll him into the water. And as they are pushing him over, he reaches up and grabs Helen's crown. And because he's not dead. No. (laughs) So even more reason to go to the authorities. You didn't actually kill anyone. Right. And you could have literally been like he was in the middle of a windy road. In black. 
in black, like there was no way we could have prevented this. Um, and does no one know how to check a pulse nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> Hold a mirror up to his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it think... is ridiculous. It is utterly ridiculous. When you look back at it, it just is <laughs> <laughs> so silly. <laughs> and they need what... more um <laughs> like my favorite murder in their life. <laughs> like learn how to get away with murdering yeah. someone. <laughs> because this is the anti like the opposite of that <laughs> yeah yeah 100%. Like, why don't you just tie yourself up to actually get done for murder <laughs> yeah know, it's just like you could have left it been fine yeah but yeah it's daft um, and so then um so he obviously is alive he's he they're throwing him in the water and he's like, I'm taking a trophy, bitch. Takes Helen's <laughs> wonderful crown. She's, I mean, I think that was the most emotion we saw after this, with this whole ordeal. You killed somebody, <laughs> but you showed more emotion with your crown being taken. Yes. Which that made me a hundred percent identify with Helen because I would feel the same way. Um, I'm not judging. I'm just pointing it out, Helen. And it. Like, it is a gorgeous crown. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> And like, uh, yes, it does link them to him. So I could see a reason to get it back. But I don't think Helen was nope. panicking because of that. No, it was just her crown is gone. Well, I think she was panicking because it was her crown. But I also think she was thinking about what am I going to do next year when they need it back and I have to crown the new person. So yeah, I think that's where her headspace was. Um, and then Barry went in to go get the crown and this was another great opportunity for both of them to die and their problems would have been solved but then the crown so I was like okay he has to come back up with the crown at least and the way that the guy was sinking holding the crown still up what's happening I don't You're know anybody alive who now be dead this much yeah <laughs> he, he was literally like alive holding his breath underwater and just let this guy who tried to kill you or <laughs> thought you were dead and was rolling your dead body into a into a ocean <laughs> and you're just gonna let him swim away like I don't I don't yeah. understand the fisherman's what his play motives were here. yeah um <laughs> the thing that we didn't see Jackie is in that moment the fisherman came up with his plan in oh. that moment when he was just being still with being one with with himself the water. yeah he said I got a plan for these bitches. I'm going to get them. I'm going to yeah. wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to get a piece of paper and put it in an envelope and start this shit right. Yeah. I, I <laughs> orchestrate the whole thing detail <laughs> by detail going through his head as he's near, near drowning. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. And this brilliant. is about the time Jennifer Love Hewitt starts her eyeball acting. It's true. She, she acts it's true. so much with her eyeballs in this movie. I don't. Yes. <laughs> I think that's all you can say. In every movie she does, it's eyeball acting. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. She does. And then there's another fight ensues. Yeah. I'm like, if you're trying to quietly be at the docks, get rid of a body. Y'all are doing it wrong. Yeah. Because you're making a lot of noise. And leaving evidence behind as well. What was on the floor that they left? It was that little spinning thing. Yeah. From, mm -hmm. the, from the guy at the beginning. 
So then like yeah. layers. The isn't it the chain or something? Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's like, layers to this mystery. <laughs> it's more like a Scooby-Doo mystery. Okay. <laughs> Solve it real quick. Put Veronica Mars on the case. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's a year later. Jennifer Love Hewitt is uh, finishing her first year in college. She looks terrible. Rough. <laughs> Rough. They're like, okay, the eyebell acting is all she can bring. Um, makeup, <laughs> hair, costume. We got to pull, we got to show what she can't show in the eyeball acting. Yes. That she's depressed, that she's not right <laughs> in the head, that things aren't working for her. And so we she get, hasn't kept in touch with these people that she committed a murder with. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she looks really bad. Yeah. Really bad. So then she's traveling home from college back to her hometown. Then we see, is it Helen next? Yeah, we see her interact with her mom and you see like her whole house and apparently her dad died, but we don't know when her dad died. So that's weird. Like, and her mom's just like trying to figure out what's wrong with her. But my sister had insight. She's like, when they were fighting with the nerd kid and then some of the things that they said to Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, Mm -hmm. they were pretty much alluding that the rest of them were rich and he was like the only poor man out. But if you go to every last one of them, if you see their houses, the only one who looks actually rich is Barry. The rest of them, uh, my sister's like, I don't get it. Their house looks like trash. I was like, yeah, I don't understand (laughs) it either. I, there's no explanation I can give. So maybe in the fishing town, because if you're not a fisherman, maybe that makes you like not wealthier. Yeah. I was confused by that. Cause that house looked like trash all of their, her house. Um, and I thought Barry's house when they showed the outside of it, I'm like, Oh, that must be where Helen lives. Cause they own the town department store. Yeah. Which they must be rolling in it. (laughs) Yet the department store was confusing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's like in, um, over, on your side of the world, but here, you know, people love going antiquing and going to these small little towns or whatever. And this is like the vibe this movie was giving, but that store looked like a 1950s store. Like they hadn't upgraded it at all. And it, it and looked it just, really trashy. Didn't yeah. It? yeah. It just looked like full of junk, sort of like very old fashioned junk. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't snazzy. Or and then quaint. formal wear on mannequins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much how much formal wear is happening in a little fishery town (laughs) i mean they were probably getting for (laughs) they were probably getting ready for the croaker queen awards yeah (laughs) so maybe i don't know um so yes you see well when does julie get the note when she gets home yeah her mom has a letter for her and gives it to julie after she just said i'm fine nothing's wrong i'm failing classes but i'm good you know like that um i haven't gets- showered in two weeks <laughs> <laughs> but i'm fine yeah it's totally okay she got the letter and has no return address no stamp which i feel like my mom would have been nosy enough to open like what the hell is this if mm-hmm. it didn't have same <laughs> and then she she would have called me like what did you do last summer because it- <laughs> um but yeah it's just a note that says I know what you did last summer 
And I would reply. Julie panics. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, I had a hot girl summer or quarantine all day, you know, like. <laughs> I didn't leave my house. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> so um, then um, she, that's why Julie goes to find Helen. Well, she goes to the department store to get Helen's New York number and Elsa, Helen's sister. It's like, she doesn't have a New York number. Hold on. And how out walks Helen. She never even made it to New York. Yeah. And she's like, go check out the perfume counter. She over there. And she's, <laughs> she's like, not even a doing, doing a good job at that. At yes. Least. And so then they go to Barry's house, his mansion on the water. And he's got his wife beater tea on. I, I'm going to call it that. Cause he had that whole vibe going. Yes. I did write down wife Peter as a note. (laughs) Can we talk about how his mom heard him like literally yelling at two women and just was still on the phone? No problemo. Like that's just Barry being Barry. (laughs) That's my boy. (laughs) You tell them. (laughs) Sarah Michelle Gellar is wearing a very beautiful arm cuff in this scene. It was so 90s, but it was so pretty. Because <laughs> fashion. At this time when this movie came out, I had a hard time like vibing with the Helen character because I just knew Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy. And mm-hmm. I was like, Buffy would never, could never, would never. I don't know what this is. <laughs> But now after years of separation, I could totally look at the character a little bit different and I didn't hate her as much. She was abused. She was yeah. physically and mentally abused by her boyfriend. Her sister was horrible. She had a hard life. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. As, yeah. And as, as an adult, I think Helen is the most interesting character. She should have been the lead yes. character, not Julie. She is. And she's a much better actress by far. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, can't um, go wrong with SMG. She's always great. Yeah. So Barry gets it in his head that it's Max. Max is fucking with them and he's going to go put the fear in him. So he marches down to Max's place of work. (laughs) I mean. Says, we need to talk. Max says, okay, instead of get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Again, because Max thinks that he can hold his own like what delusions was this guy on like he's like yeah man let's square off whatever I'll take a break like no you need witnesses like what are you doing (laughs) man like you can't take roided out Barry (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's that's definitely that should be his character name roided out (laughs) yep that needs to be on a shirt. Roided out, Barry. <laughs> it's like the best role of his career. Roided out, Barry. Yeah. Ryan Filippi. Barry proceeds to scream in Max's face and then assaults him with an ice hook. Foreshadowing, apparently. Yeah, but I'm like, you scratched his face. That is assault. You should be in jail. Yeah. Or off the roids. But Max is too dumb to do anything about it. You know, I don't think there's a death in this movie I felt bad about, except for one. 
same we'll get to it yeah jennifer love hewitt then goes to find ray who's working on the boats just like his daddy before him his whole vibe in this movie was suspicious and again it's that red herring nonsense and i'm like you got freddie freaking prince jr in your movie and you waste him we get roided out barry in every fucking scene but we get bit like we don't see him in like 70 percent of the movie yeah a waste a waste we have this really weird exchange which again we never we don't really know if they were ever really together but (laughs) at the end jennifer love hewitt tells him i don't blame you but i don't want to know you either damn that was I mean, that had to be one of the harshest things, but it's close to, and I don't even watch The Hills, but when Lauren got in a fight with Heidi and she told Heidi, I forgive you, but I don't want to know you. It was, <laughs> that is like, that is. And apparently she stole her line from, I know what you did. Last yes. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to make a TikTok video about that. A hundred percent. I'm the, glad the I'm parallels. your inspiration. Oh, girl, you're the light. You're the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, we see the demise of Max. The fisherman got him. He got. I don't know him. why. I I don't understand certain why people that the fisherman went after. Yeah, fisherman. like fisherman. I. It, why is he the first one? Like, why yeah. is he the first kill? Right out of all of them he didn't really do anything he just drove past (laughs) he just drove past with a douche and and then drove off again that's such a yeah it's super weird but they do do that intentionally though because like up until he's murdered the he really is a red herring where you really do think he could be the killer but then he's killed and you're like oh well fuck it's not him who is it (laughs) Right. Who else so you is on of, my list? You're, you're <laughs> kind of in the same position as, as the characters then because you don't know who the killer is as much as they don't know who the killer is. Yeah. yeah. But it probably would have been better to keep him hanging around though. So you did wonder if it was him and put yeah. him in some odd situations because killing him off and then, then what they do with him next just seems so strange. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anybody strange. down for some crab boils? Okay. <laughs> Trunk so crab? Then- no, thank you. <laughs> No thanks. Oh, man. So then the next scene is Barry working out at the gym. Of course. That's what roided out Barry does. <laughs> <laughs> and so we get a gratuitous, I put a T in there, a gratuitous shower scene with Barry. At this very moment, my sister is saying, asking me like how tall he is because we're now thinking he's a short man. And so then I'm not even looking at him without a shirt. I'm literally Googling how tall Ryan Philippi <laughs> is. And he's 5'9 for anyone wanting to know. So he's not that tall. My mom asked the same question. How tall is he? <laughs> <laughs> because I guess in the book, he's supposed to be like this very large looming man. And he's supposed to be like 6'2 and very intimidating. And then you get, short kind of scrawny ryan Philippe. like he he has muscles he's just not built like a football player would be yeah built. honestly i know we don't like the character but we do have to give ryan Philippe credit because he did do a good acting job because we fucking yeah. hate him this, this is true. true 
Yeah. We know the writing true. wasn't great. We know the direction wasn't great. So we have <laughs> to say he brought that he brought that with him to the set. Yes. Acting skills. Um, probably should have just switched it and had Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Phillippe be the main characters and those other two non-acting people be the secondary characters. That's probably why they ended up in Cruel Intentions together because it was after mm-hmm. I know what you did last summer so obviously that them being seen together then it they were is. Like pinched and put in Cruel Intentions because they were amazing in that together. Yeah it is but, they actually but, couldn't find somebody for they were having a hard time um fit, filling those roles and one of the producers for this movie was actually on the movie and said you know what I think these two will be great and that's how that happened so you're spot on Eliza that instinct <laughs> <laughs> perfect casting <laughs> I feel like we need to watch I Still Know What You Did Last Summer to see if the acting and the chemistry improved at all in the second it doesn't, movie. My heart. <laughs> I watched it today and it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being our guinea pig, Eliza. <laughs> I put it on while I was working, might I add. While I had some, I was, Je- Jess, I promise I was working, but I put it on in the background. <laughs> And I just was glancing at it and I was like, oh God, this is even, this is even worse. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yeah, I knew I was, I, I did not like the movie because at that time I didn't like Brandy. So I was like, I'm not down for this. <laughs> yeah, I like her music, but she's not, she's not the greatest actress, but then she no. fits in well with the rest of the cast. Yeah. But neither are they. Yeah. So it's fine. It merges yeah. in. And Mackay dad- Pfeiffer has come a long way since I still yeah. know what you did last summer. Poor Mackay. He's probably the only real actor amongst them. And then the guy, the dad, the guy who played the dad in Gossip Girl is in that movie too. Yes. Oh, he is. He's yes, won't say anymore, but yes, he is. He is in that, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Will, Will, isn't it? Will, character Will. Yeah. And so now we see Barry's jacket is gone and his car keys are gone. So he's trying to figure out. <laughs> what happens he walks outside he sees his car has someone in it like backs way up if I see someone in my car backing up with my keys am I standing there in the street no the bitch is going back inside why does he (laughs) run straight (laughs) run to the right or the left where you can like get behind a building Barry I don't understand you are not a machine you are not going to outrun this car he's on roids though he he can do it yeah we did out barry could do it yeah (laughs) and then this car punts him through a building and he only breaks his arm no internal it's the roids it's the roids oh that's true they protect him (laughs) it was like void power activate (laughs) and the fisherman looms over him but doesn't kill him like he kills everyone else yeah i don't understand this he doesn't learn from his brush with death I think it's that he's waiting for the actual 4th of July. He has to do it oh. on the anniversary. That That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because then why steal his car and do he's that? He's trying thing? to, he's playing with his food, you know, like how animals on the prey, like when they know they've got you, they can play with you. That That's what he's doing. But why what if he kill is- Max though? He kills Max yeah. before the 4th of July. Is that because he's not one of the killers? The killers? I, I, you know, I don't know. I honestly, 
It would have been something if Max secretly had saw them. I made a whole plot to make this make sense. <laughs> if Max had had saw them, followed them to the docks, mm-hmm. saw what happened, went and saved him and said, I hate those guys. Let's mess with them. But then, you know, two people can keep a secret if the other one's dead. He kills them to just shut him up so he doesn't, you know, talk. <laughs> that There you go. Plot hole fixed but that's not what happened we don't I think we're just supposed to take it I I don't know I don't know disappointing I don't understand (laughs) (laughs) so now they're in the hospital visiting Barry and they're talking about like what's going on and he's still roided out because he is yelling at them some more oh my gosh or he's coming down off of his <laughs> eye because he can't get it because he's in the hospital. Like how yeah, how did no one else go running into that room when he's yelling and, and carrying on? Like yes. That? Yeah. Maybe they're just used to him by now. It's like, oh, yeah. it's just worried about Barry. Like yeah. just, you know, we're all desensitized <laughs> to it. Even the nurses are like, oh yeah, it's just worried about Barry. Like, just <laughs> ignore it. <laughs> yeah. I think Shouting at everybody. His family must own the whole damn town because everyone just seems to cower Mm -hmm. to his tantrums and antics. So that's my guess. So now Julie and Helen have a plan (laughs) and their plan is to go. Julie has figured out who the dead guy is. Yeah, so she thinks. Yes. I can't even remember his name. Something Egan. David Egan. Thank you. David Egan. They look up his address and they're going to just go out there and feel out the family. (laughs) Feel out this grieving family. And can we talk about the nerve of Helen to call where they live the sticks? Bitch, where do you think you live? (laughs) Your department store is not a department store. You got two stories, whoop-de-doo. So did the other lady. Your house looks like trash. Her house looks like trash. I I, I just didn't. It's in the sticks. Okay. (laughs) You mean down the street. (laughs) So they go out there. They fake uh, some car trouble and go to ask to use the phone. Pre-cell phones. Yeah, so many of these movies would never make it with in the in this age because you'd be like, well, why didn't you text somebody? You know, but. yeah, <laughs> just be asking for a charger, wouldn't you? Can I just yeah. charge my phone? Yeah, that'd be the yeah. only reason you'd stop. <laughs> and we're we were met by Anne Heche in in this scene, and she out of all the acting, best, the best by Without far, the best. She really you- scared me. <laughs> In her yeah. weird children of the corn outfit. <laughs> <laughs> She's so welcoming too. These bitches are asking you a lot and you're just like giving answers and you're not, you're not objecting. You're not asking like, why are you being so nosy? Like nothing. Yes. It's just like, come in for some tea. <laughs> Let me tell you all about my brother's suicide. I would like to show you to my doll room when it's over. Like... <laughs> 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 oh and i love sarah michelle geller's characters um directions because that's how i give directions <laughs> turn right where back there <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> they get the info that they need and they find out that a high school friend had visited the house what's Billy the name Blue? yeah is that his name yeah it is. yeah 
Um, and and, and so she has like a thing with him, which I was like, I peeped this. You had a thing. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Missy, played by Anne Hache, comes and almost punches through the window to knock on it. <laughs> it was a very aggressive window knock. Right. Let them know they had forgotten their cigarettes. I, again, there's so now when you're watching it and you're not scared, because I was legitimately scared when I saw this movie in the theater as a young teenager, like an idiot. But also, <laughs> also, I did preface that I'm a scaredy cat. And I will tell, we're getting close to the part that was the scariest for me. And my sister ridiculed and mocked me endlessly when I told her. <laughs> But I think the reason she was knocking so aggressively was to give jump scares, you know. Yes, absolutely. Now we are in Helen's house. She gets home from work. She pours herself a Diet Coke. What the hell's wrong with her dad? He's just an asshole, I think. He doesn't even, like, is he alive? It's <laughs> like in catatonic or something, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> because they lost their mother, didn't they? So did they lose their mother? I th- and so it- Helen's lost her father. So it's like a sort of these parents who are almost slightly catatonic. Yeah. Grief was- catatonic, like not and- noticing what their kids are doing or something. I don't know. And Ray it's lost odd. his father, or his father left him and maybe mm-hmm. died. I don't know. She goes upstairs. To go goes well, to bed. She has that interaction with her sister. Oh, yeah. She's so brushing we- her wonderful wig. Yes. Of, of cat hair. Yeah. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> it does look like cat hair to me. <laughs> and it, like, yeah, that interaction with her sister, just so you really know that they hate each other. It's the not even still strong. It's not. I don't think Helen hates her sister. Her sister hates her. And Helen's just like, whatever, bro. So intense, though. It's like so nasty to watch. I, you don't yes. enjoy watching it. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. It's just too too antagonistic the whole time just gets like without gets reason. I mean, she's just a toxic, jealous person, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> she just like really just hates Helen for no reason. It's That's just hard. Doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the story, though. No. No. It's not like Mean why? Girls. Mean right. Girls is funny. So when they're toxic, it's horrendous at times. But Mean Girls regina can be quite funny yeah but with this this was toxic without even like being particularly entertaining and the actress didn't seem dedicated to it as well you could tell it actually hurt her feelings to 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 do this because she too probably didn't know what's my motivation like there was none you know women being women duh you know men (laughs) but this is the scene that's that put that left a mark on my life the scene of Helen going to bed and waking up and our hair being cut off mm-hmm. to this day, I cannot go to sleep with my closet door open. It must be closed. <laughs> it must be closed because I, in my rational brain, I believe if someone's coming to cut all my hair off, because that's the worst <laughs> thing that can happen. Um, <laughs> I can hear the closet door open. At least I get a jump start. Right. And then you don't have to punch your mirror. Right. (laughs) She wakes up, all her hair is cut off, and then she walks over to her mirror and Oh Helen. Oh Helen, I'm so sorry for your loss, baby girl. That cat hair wig was awful, but to to wake your hair that that look, oh man. 
And who did she go to? Which hairdresser did she go to? Because she was out there trying to find a killer for like half the day before she yeah. go on, on the on the parade boat. Yeah, she shoves her hair in a hat. Yeah, and goes on her merry way because she has things to do. Right around the time I'm assuming Helen is waking up and discovering her hair is all chopped off, Julie is getting in her car. <laughs> And she keeps hearing this scratching noise and she's like, oh, that's weird. And I would have turned the music up. If I hear anything in my car and I'm not ready to like actually go fix it, I turn the music up. (laughs) Don't have money for whatever that noise is. Nope. And I'm like, I will find out. And hopefully I don't, I I do a prayer. Jesus, Jesus, take the wheel. And that's it. Turn that volume up. So I wouldn't even notice the crabs. Good luck, killer guy. (laughs) So Julie pulls over, pops the trunk, and there's Max in her trunk, covered in crabs. Damn. Is this a metaphor? Damn, he had it. <laughs> he had it for sure. <laughs> Another warning, girls, keep your legs closed. <laughs> so now Julie is pissed. She's not even, I mean, she screams when she sees Max, but now she's just mad. And so she gathers everyone together, stomps around in the middle of the road and screams, what are you waiting for? In the low tank top. And it's probably the best scene of their movie. It really is. And what did we find out, Jackie? What did we find uh, out about this scene? It was directed by a kid who won a contest. (laughs) So that whole scene was set up he got to decide I guess what was going to happen in that scene (laughs) and he was able to direct that scene and it I mean out of everything I think he was 13 years old 13 years old giving us the best scene in this movie that should tell you a whole lot (laughs) (laughs) and it's the most memorable scene of the movie like if you are playing charades that is the that's what you're going to well whatever it is where you can actually play a game and you could say it's like a quote because I think yeah. trades you're not allowed to talk but that's um, the only acting she does in the film is yeah. it really is and, the only acting. and maybe it's because she got real direction I'm just saying <laughs> maybe that's it <laughs> so you just now, need a 13 year old yeah yes that sounds wrong <laughs> he's a 13 year old director yes yes oh my god in my notes i said barry jump into conclusions again so does he think it's ray this time who is barry accusing this time barry was trying to be in the olympics the amount of times he was jumping to a conclusion (laughs) oh yeah because he punches ray doesn't he so he thinks it's ray he gets so many punches him yeah so, I'm like, dude. And Ray punks up again. Like, yeah. here's another chance for you to step the F up. And you just, you're just there. It's not me, man. Word it out there is at it again. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're at the parade. Barry's sitting on the float. And Helen is sitting very nervously in a clamshell. With her beautiful crown and that gorgeous dress. Yes. yes. And then brand new haircut that doesn't look like cat hair. It was a it was a, a really great like step up. It really was. Helen is panicked. She's not enjoying herself on the float at all. She's just wildly looking around, trying to see 
but she is in a town of fishermen. There's <laughs> everyone in hats and slickers. And then she finally sees the man and she's like, Barry, there he is. Because she's not creating a scene on a float in the middle of a 4th of July parade or anything. So he goes, and I'm pretty sure that old man had a heart attack afterwards. (laughs) He didn't take it well, did he? You seem terrified. And when he realized it wasn't the guy, he was still holding him though. Did you notice that? Just like... Oh, I don't know what to do now. My roids not stopping. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like in full He-Man mode, except without the muscles, pretty much. Goodness. Oh, wow. Now Helen has to present the tiara to the new winner of, what is this contest called? Or beauty pageant? The Croker Queen. The Croker Queen. So she, we're right back in the position how the movie started, mm-hmm. where Barry is in the rafters watching Helen on the stage. And this is where I get really frustrated because yes. so Helen can kind of see it's really dark and obviously the spotlights are in her eyes. So she's kind of trying to bob and weave and see if she could see Barry. Cause I guess just seeing him just makes her feel like she's safe. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, she does see the killer behind Barry and she's trying to scream for him mm-hmm. and it's too late. And um, the, the fisherman is just going going for hooks yes yeah it's and, the fourth um, of july yeah he's, this he's, is my independence day order up he's going <laughs> for it you know and helen proceeds to start screaming bloody murder and mm-hmm. freaking out and she starts to proceed to run down the aisle of the auditorium to like run towards barry and all these people start putting their hands on her and holding her back yeah what Mm. I'm screaming. That was weird. I'm a crazy person. You don't know if I got a knife. I might shank you. What are you touching me for? Why are you holding me back? What is this? Also, if you've seen a murder and you're trying to tell people I've seen a murder, why why wouldn't they be looking to see if there is a murder as opposed to kind of holding her back? Yeah, it's really weird. She's making it quite vocal, like (laughs) being murdered. (laughs) Help! I'm not doing anything. It's weird. It's weird. And the fisherman is very, very efficient at cleaning up after himself. Yeah. How do you get all that blood so quickly? Well, so he takes all the crabs and Max out of the back of Julie's car while she goes to get Helen. Yeah. He's very fast. He's very fast. He can hold his breath for a long time. He can be hit blunt force trauma and still walk around and be fine they go up to the the balcony to investigate once they calm helen down because that's what she needed in that moment right a man to tell her to calm down hysterical women honestly just women in their hysteria yeah can't control themselves (laughs) in the words of my mother i don't get it where's the body where's the mess where's barry and then she goes well barry was expendable (laughs) (laughs) but if you think about it okay so he's got barry he Mm -hmm. cleans it up how does he have enough time to go store barry's body where he stores barry barry's body and then come back to stalk essentially in this he's in the streets again to find helen how, he's Michael the, Myers the, he's the, basically Michael Myers exactly <laughs> it's, it's just like he can't be defeated 
But maybe maybe there was more than one fisherman operating. That's what oh. I like. They should have made it two yeah. two killers like they do in Scream, because yeah. it there's just there's no way, old man, you're this you're this fast. Yeah, and fit. Yeah, like bodies are heavy, and you yes. just see them like picking them up like they're nothing, like rag dolls. Yeah, especially <laughs> roided out bear. You know there was some weight to that one. <laughs> You know, he wasn't just hooking him and dragging him. You know, there there was some hefty lifting in that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so while all of this is going on, Julie takes it upon herself to go alone <laughs> back, back to, the to Missy's to find out more information. Missy's just chilling with all her dead animals. I don't know why she has to kill so many things if she's living alone. <laughs> How much food she making? Yeah. I mean, it would have made sense if she was helping her dad out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but true. But I suppose it's, you know, (laughs) it's more, it's more interesting to wonder what's going on in that woodshed as well. Yeah. I'm always intrigued by what she's got in that woodshed that we don't (laughs) see. I'm like, what is, is the dad in there? What's he doing in there? It's her doll. Is he dead? A hundred percent. The doll heads. Cause that's what I imagine. And it's just heads. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Julie asks really invasive questions about this lady's deceased brother and how, like, how did he kill himself? Who was his girlfriend? I'm like, stop harassing this <laughs> grieving sister that just yeah. wants to be alone in the sticks to like kill animals. And she was really open with her answers because yeah. she's like, I couldn't say that I found a note and I couldn't say that my brother like killed themselves because the insurance wouldn't give me money. Like what if I was the insurance company saying, you know what, we find some disparities in her store mm-hmm. and we're going to catch her. And she's just like out there telling strangers her whole yeah. master plan <laughs> of insurance fraud. But she was holding a knife at the same time. So maybe yes. that was her end plan, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the she fact she's that- got the note in that shed. Sorry, I was just going to say, the fact the note <laughs> no, is right there. But when she's having a conversation, it's like two meters away, not even that. They're <laughs> ready in the shed to bring out. It's just like, okay. so weird. Why would you keep it in a shed? But, you know. And then she holds that knife like she's never held a knife before. <laughs> no, she's cutting up animals and doll heads. <laughs> that whole scene was so bizarre and unnecessary like you could have just gotten all that information the first time and been done done with it yeah but then they wouldn't have thought it was one um her brother they would have known it was the fisherman which we find out that the note looks exactly like the note um julia originally got in the beginning so -hmm. the handwriting matches because now she's like a handwriting expert um (laughs) And she realizes that it couldn't have been this, her brother, because she, she does, she goes to the library and does some looking around and figures out that that guy actually got in a car accident with this girl, his girlfriend, and she died. And the father of the girlfriend was hella mad. And so now she's put two and two together that the father actually killed um missy's brother who they thought was a killer um and whose body washed up ashore who she originally thought killed they they killed um and then from and and the reason why she puts it together is because the body that they dump into the ocean has a tattoo of an anchor with the name Susie on it right 
And the sister goes, he never had a tattoo. So that kind of confirms along with the note that, oh, barking up the wrong tree. My bad. May (laughs) start. My bad for coming and bringing it, putting salt in the wounds of your dead brother. Thanks for the info though. I'm out. Audi 2000s. (laughs) Now we are back to Helen (laughs) in the back of a cop car. The cop is trying to help her. And what does she do when she sees the killer? She distracts the cop. (laughs) She's screaming at him. So he turns around to look at crazy person in the back of his cop car instead of looking in front of him where this fisherman is going to attack him. First and foremost, the cop deserved to die anyways because he was such a dick. (laughs) Like another toxic male. Yeah, another toxic male. Okay, calm down, little lady. I'm gonna drive you home real quick. You know, like he's just <sighs> ugh, a douche. <laughs> and he was a horrible cop because he was not prepared for anything. Murder. Yeah. <laughs> nah. And I don't know how I, I guess it has to be because it was the 90s that Helen was able to break through that um cop. She's because mm-hmm. she's in the back seat, so she can't open the door. And so she like Buffy's her way. That's what I'm gonna call it. Buffy's yes. her way out of the car. Yeah. She had those sensible heels on, yeah, so that she could bust out of that back window. And I feel like cop cars are not that easy to bust out of the windows nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I just I'm like, okay, maybe it's just back then it was a little bit easier. And then she's she she goes to she goes to running, and um, she's really good at it. Yeah, all that Buffy training. Yep, she attracts and- her starts banging on the door of the department store oh my her sister (laughs) doesn't give a fuck nope she's like this bitch hold on oh i forgot the key (laughs) saunters over the door casually unlocks it meanwhile her sister is hysterical on the other side of the door immediately slams the door shut locks it and is like you have to go lock that back door then Elsa casually walks into the back and locks the door, but it's too late. Fisherman's yeah. already inside. Yeah. She, and she, when you say casually, like her sister's like yelling at her, go to the back. Like, look, I don't care if I'm mad at my sister or something is going on. When you feel that heightened, like something is going on, you, you go into to mm. quick mode and yeah. the way she reacted was just so ridiculous and Another death I didn't give a shit about. Yeah, I don't care. And, yeah. Bye, Elsa. And and poor uh, Helen, she's, you know, she finds out that the fisherman's in the department store and she sees her sister's dead body and she starts screaming. And I was just like, what, what are we wasting this energy for? <laughs> <laughs> don't mourn that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Good Run riddance. away. Pew, pew. <laughs> So she's now trying to get away from the killer who she is locked in a uh, department store with. And apparently you need a key to lock the inside and the outside. And so it's not like she could just run to a door and unlock it. I feel like she had such the advantage of, of working and owning that freaking store. You don't know, a yes. little, you didn't play in the store and you were little and have a little secret pathway, like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. She jumping out of windows and going into garbage cans. Yes. (laughs) And she takes the slowest means up to the top ever. (sighs) She's in that dumbwaiter 
and just like her little arms are working and she is going nowhere <laughs> and he's walking up the stairs at not even running serial killer pace meets her at the top of the stairs yeah. Like literally they get to the top at the same time. Jesus. Like that was not a great plan. No. And then what really does her in, she looks back. Yep. I don't know if you're a Bible reader, but there's a whole story about you keep walking and you don't look back. It's in the Bible. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whether you're religious or not, those things kind of like teach you lessons at some point. And <laughs> Don't look back what you're looking back for. If if you if he gets you, he gets you. There's no need to look back. You keep yeah. running. That's it. If Don't you're go. still looking forward, then he hasn't caught you yet. Exactly. <laughs> she literally almost gets away. She can see the parade happening, which this is a long ass parade. If she was in the parade, yes. went through yes. the entire Croker Queen ceremony watched her boyfriend be killed went to the department store saw her sister killed and was still being chased and the parade's still going on yeah because when she gets to the street where her department store is on it's completely black nobody's yes. out there so you're just telling me everybody's the after party the let out is just on the other the other block is that what's <laughs> happening <laughs> And she literally is maybe 20 feet from being in a, a crowd of people that can hopefully protect her. And she stops and she looks back and that's all it takes. <laughs> in an alleyway as well. Like who does that in an alleyway? Like you yeah. just get out of an alleyway. You don't stop yes. and look around. <laughs> I do want to note that she did put up a hell of a fight she did once he mm. caught her she didn't just like oh, wow. oh. <laughs> like that out of all of the deaths and a lot of female deaths in horror movies I feel like she she was like Tatum in Scream where she was just she was yeah. gonna fight until she didn't have any fight left yeah she did I mean she did good now Julie's on the dock looking for Ray I just want to pause in a moment of silence that this literally was my the saddest death for me and I was done being invested in the movie the movie could end it right here I was fine <laughs> once Helen died because that was the only character yes. that I felt any kind of tie yeah. to agree yeah, yeah. Helen so, was the best character without a doubt yes yes we need a whole movie of just Helen yeah I guess we have yes. Buffy so yeah. we really don't but yeah (laughs) I'll take it either way whatever prior to this Julie goes to her laptop and does more research and figures out that the father of Susie whose name is Benjamin Willis is still alive and that he is probably avenging the death of his daughter and him getting not his daughter as much as because he's already avenged the death of his oh, daughter. He's avenging the fact that these little privileged ass bitches hit him on the road, put him to drown, and didn't look back. Yes. That's what he's avenging. And it's established that he doesn't mind killing because no. he killed the boyfriend a year later. Yeah. Julie goes to tell Ray this information, which I thought was weird that she goes to tell Ray and not find Helen. Yeah. 
Well, Helen, she knew Helen was just fulfilling her queen, her yeah, croaker you, queen obligations. You've literally told Ray that you don't want to know him and you find out this really important information. Why not run to Helen and Barry, who you've kind of been in cahoots about this whole thing since you got back home? It doesn't make sense that she runs to Ray. Who knows? Make it make sense. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. I was confused <laughs> well, then- by this she is adamant she has figured out who this person is goes to ray ray acts like the tiniest bit dodgy and (laughs) she's immediately like you're the killer get away from me what what (laughs) i don't understand it's like her paranoia has gone off the charts you've got like hysterical helen and then paranoid julie it's like all the tropes about women they could possibly put in that we're all neurotic mentalists blaming men for everything it's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous and it's it's also super weird that like she freaks out about him being the friend that goes to see missy he's what is it what is it something blue blue billy blue Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. Like, I was like, was she mad that her ex-boyfriend slept with this weirdo? Cause that's, that's what happened. He went, <laughs> he felt guilty. He figured out all the things Julie figured out and he started having a relationship with the crazy lady in the sticks and automatically she's like, you're the killer. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah, stupidity. And then she's running across the docks and then magically this other man happens to be in the docks is like let me help you and he tells her to get on the boat what no i need you to open the lock of this this gate that's the yeah. only part like that's all i need i need to just get out like get i'm not going why does she go on his boat again and she's like okay i feel <laughs> like from this dude that five seconds ago i knew it was another person but now i'm suspicious of this guy i used to have a relationship maybe not hard to tell <laughs> and now i'm just gonna jump on some stranger's boat who's knocked ray out makes no sense yeah it's almost as if he just took catnip or snacks or treats and just shook it like you would and the cat would just come <laughs> to you because it, it didn't make any sense like i'm gonna so good Oh no, what I was going to say is when you've got the stereotype of the final girls, you know, it's something I you've either got the tough one who's fighting all the way through, a bit like the Helen one, or the one who's supposed to lead the film, but is so ridiculous and walks into every single mistake possible, every single precarious situation. She's probably the worst one I've seen in a long time when yes. I've been rewatching all these horrors. It's like everything she does is wrong. Is just wrong and daft and <laughs> I can't believe the guy who wrote Scream wrote this. I just can't see. And, yes. he, and he wrote it first. He wrote this movie before Scream and he tried to shop it around and, and couldn't get a bite. And and I'm just like, that should have told you something, bro. <laughs> the only they, reason this movie yep, got nope. greenlit is because Scream did so well. I, I 100% yeah. believe that. Yeah. No, it, yep. that is true, without a doubt. And the writer of the book, the YA book that this is based on, was hella mad about this movie because her book was not gory, was not a horror kind of thing. And the way that he just made it so bloody and, and it, she was mad and very vocal about it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But how did you even make this movie without the permission of the person that wrote the book? Like, I don't understand. It's pretty, it's pretty bizarre to be perfectly honest. And it's, you need, it's like Stephen King when he goes on about how he hates the shining. You do kind of get to a point where you're like, 
maybe you should just let people enjoy the film yeah. and right. not go on about it so much. But also at the same time, you've got to respect the writer. So yeah. it's yeah. a bit difficult. Well, I think it just depends on how much of a role does the writer have in the production of the movie. So there's writers who will sign a movie deal, right? I, I don't know how much when they're signing that deal that they're like a producer or not, or if they're just saying, okay, I will let you use my characters and whatever and go about your business. So now we are on a random fisherman's boat. Number one, how did she know which boat to get on? Um, she He invited her into his boat. But yeah, he, he was, was standing on the dock near Ray and he said, get on my boat. The whole, I don't know. The I whole pier even... is full of boats. <laughs> I, I thought he was, I thought he brought her in, but who knows? Another plot hole. No, because she had an opportunity to get on the boat and get so far inside the boat, she found his creepy murder wall. <laughs> and what I don't understand is Ray just looks flabbergasted and fucking stands on the dock for. I don't know how long because how long does it take for the boat to really get out to the sea like where it was at that point and like jump into the water <laughs> his weapon is a a, a hook it, he's not going to be able to have that swing power if he's treading water like just jump into the water and swim back to the dock don't stay on the boat yeah, Julie's a dumbass. Um, <laughs> I don't have any other words besides that. And then like the things she does. Okay, so she finds out, she confronts him. And what I really hate in these movies is that no one thinks, let me get a weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There are so You're many things. You're on a things. fishing boat. Yeah, and she doesn't. And so like she's on the boat and Ray, we, the- it pans to him and he's still on the dock he's bewildered. <laughs> dumbfounded bewildered looking like lost as hell and he finally computes like duh, 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 duh. i got to do something there's a little boat let me get on it it's just like what's happening right now people and so he takes his little boat to go catch up with the boat they're on and the guy's trying to kill Julie. And what does she do? Like you said, instead of jumping into the water and taking her chances, she she's like, climbs into the boiler room. I'm just going to keep crawling as far as I can get. And I'm going to try to block these entrances and exits with ice and see my dead friends and scream. <laughs> even there was a lot, of screaming. A, lot of screaming. a lot of screaming. And did you know that that second door that she goes into like like to the ice room i'm not familiar with boats i'm sure all of these little rooms have names but <laughs> i don't know any of them apparently when they shot it they weren't great about the continuity and so in some shots she had her little camisole on mm-hmm. and in other shots she didn't so they had to make that scene in between the two rooms where she had to use her camisole to open the other door mm-hmm. so that the rest of the shots there wasn't that continuity who was running this goddamn movie like <laughs> come on it's not there even like the small literally a person whose whole job it is to ensure continuity 
it's not difficult either it's I've not. done it on films before it's not difficult <laughs> at all it's like you take a, a photo of someone you check them before the scene you check after it's all you need to do yeah it's so easy and it's, it's not like oh they were holding a can in the uh, in this shot and then shot reverse shot and the cans turned suddenly or something like this is a pretty glaring error in the continuity of this movie anyway just um, wanted to throw that in and so now <laughs> she's in this like ice room ice space whatever climbing over her friend's dead bodies yes and you see and... the ice jiggle because it's actually made of gelatin yes oh, it's so distracting it's so distracting <laughs> it's horrible and well, she- we need J-Love to be comfortable. She can't be in a room full of eyes. Oh, God. oh that's true. <laughs> She's too precious and special. She can't she do it. <laughs> and then she gets to this great, and Ray gets on the boat, and he finds her. I don't know how he finds her and not the killer first. And he's trying to help pull up the, the, the door thing to let Julie out. And here comes Hookman you know crashing at them or whatever and she's like and yelling. again a girl distracting yes. the dude so that he gets injured yeah yeah oh. well does that happen after she finally gets out because I, I thought he no because she stays down there and the fisherman puts that basket with the chain on top so she can't get out so she gets, she's like popping it open and screaming at ray and distracting him from fighting and Which, then she gets trapped in the, the fucking room down below because she's an idiot. Yeah. And uh, I would have been like, okay, if he's distracted right now, I can crawl back the way I came in and get the hell mm-hmm. out of here. And Ray, you can't t- take this old man? Really? <laughs> Again, another character without trying to find a weapon. Yeah. I well, just... he does pick up a long pole with a hook on it, but he kind of just like half-heartedly jabs at the fisherman and the fisherman's like what the fuck are you doing with this shit and just takes it out of his hand and tosses it to the side yeah it's just it's, it's i'm not invested I, i'm hoping all three of them die i so ray gets knocked the off boat. the boat, yes. the boat. <laughs> let, as we said in the- titanic let the bitch sink yep yes. <laughs> So Ray gets knocked off the boat. He grabs onto this net that's trailing behind the boat. Do his pants come off in the water? (laughs) What what fell off of him in the water? Parents, man, it's what they do. Drag your pants off. Oh, wow. And so he's, I mean... Obviously, he has some strength. He's been working as a fisherman for a year. So he's dragging himself up the fishnet to get back on the boat. And then there's a lot more eye acting as the, <laughs> the fisherman is trying to break in to get to J-Love. <laughs> and so the, the end scene is the fisherman puts his hand up to kill Julie by some miracle. <laughs> the rope falls perfectly around his arm and yanks him up to the top where it goes through a pulley and his hand gets chopped off and he becomes officially captain hook which he was aiming for the whole movie he does and he falls into the water 
And again, they didn't make sure he was fucking dead. No. no. So that leaves us no. open for. I still, I still know what know you what did what last you did summer. Last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very end, Julie's back at school, but she's happy. She's showering. Yeah, she's everything's tanned. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't kill somebody. My two best friends are dead, but whatever. Dead weight. Me and Ray are fantastic. And I don't think <laughs> well, they are a couple now. Yeah, they're a real couple now. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and then we have this ending scene where... See, I would still be paranoid. If that man, if we didn't find a body, which the cops asked them, do you know why this guy was attacking you? They're like, and unison, no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, she goes and she has this huge shower scene, which I think is just an excuse to have J-Love in a towel. Yes. She gets another note. I still know what you did last summer. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. And she goes into this steamy bathroom, which no one else is in. And he he comes diving through some mirror. And I'm like, wait, how does this? I want to now watch the second movie because how does this scene transition into the second movie? Because yeah. what the? Doesn't. <laughs> doesn't at all. It doesn't. <laughs> I watched it today and was like, oh, right. Okay. that Just that didn't happen. Then just forget oh, about it. It was a fever dream of yep. Julie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Just a nightmare. It's just one of those nightmares that yeah. she wakes up from. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm yeah, still it's... trying to wake up from this movie. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so let's see if there's anything else um, that we missed we missed uh Anne Hayes said all she recalls about the movie is it's being two days worth of work that required her to be scary in quotes (laughs) she nailed the be scary thing she did did. she's like a female leather face she was really kind of like I was waiting for her to suddenly get like the mask out and do something a bit creepy and um the chase scene involving helen is regarded as one of the best chase scenes in a horror film by many horror slasher film fans what do you guys think do you agree with that one of the best (laughs) um i don't think it was one of the best it wasn't bad but i i wouldn't it's not memorable yeah, that's exactly it. I I would never have even put it in a list. I wouldn't have thought of. No. I would have thought Drew Barrymore in Scream. Yeah, yes. I love yes. that opening is one of the best ever for a slasher. But no, definitely yeah. not. I know what you did last summer. I and I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Absolutely adore her. Yeah, and I forgot about it. To be perfectly honest, watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, she does a great job in this. But yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hadn't heard it before. That. I agree. Like it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't for me it wasn't suspenseful at all no I I'm really like I was a real punk because I don't know what I was scared about at all (laughs) (laughs) my my sister was like this is not a scary movie what is it's not it's no No. not at all and I think that's why I was fine with horror movies in the 90s because they were not like the screams and the I know what you did last summer and the urban legends they were not really scary no they're more slasher films they're not and like the a lot of jump scares in them but on the whole not really intended to be like a very suspenseful on your the edge of your seat the entire time yeah you're not gonna have nightmares from them it's not something psychological or really you know a cult or satanism or anything that might get you more yeah no with a slasher it's like and you can it's 
it's always a sort of like a murder thing by numbers, a slasher by mm-hmm. numbers. You know what's going to happen. You know where the, the scares are coming from. So you're kind of desensitized to it as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I just don't want my hair to be cut off. No, that was real. It was real yeah. to me. Yeah, I get that. That's tapping into real fears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, that's a psychological thing. <laughs> that's that's always worse than, than a slasher jump jump scare thing. Jennifer Love Hewitt had just finished House Arrest with Jamie Lee Curtis. So Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis, nice like story. psyched. Even she really had been under house arrest. Sorry. <laughs> I genuinely forgot about that film. <laughs> She was yeah. under house arrest. I don't remember she that. She was wearing a she was wearing a tracker this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> they caught her finally. For, yeah, they caught her for bad action. She, she needed to be, yeah, definitely. So she couldn't be in this film. Oh my word! I genuinely thought. Sorry, I missed this thing about. <laughs> So yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, because they had just shot that movie, would come over and check on, we come to the set. I hope she didn't give Jennifer pointers because <laughs> either her pointers were poor or Jennifer just relied on that eyeball acting. She just was like, I got I think this. She, I like to believe Jamie Lee was just giving her just like hugs. Yeah. Yeah. Just support. Cause she was yeah. filming another movie and they were in the same, and they were both filming in North Carolina. So she would come every day to the studio and, and give her hugs. And I think that's, she probably needed it. She probably yeah. knew what was going to happen. Like the girl can't act big poor, you know, bless your heart. Let me give you a hug. <laughs> but a bit uh, like Scream, the one thing I do remember reading is they were going to get Melissa Joan Hart. You know, Clarissa explains it all herself. Yeah. <laughs> and Sabrina. They were going to get her to be Jennifer Love Hewitt's. Yeah, I think, she, I think she did test for it, but she didn't get it. Uh, she, oh, okay. So she wasn't wasn't on the high up on the list. Yeah. And I don't remember Sarah Michelle Geller. Is she tested for the role of Julie or not? They, they did. So, yeah. Yeah. Jay Love auditioned for Helen and Sarah Michelle auditioned for Julie. And then they got the why they did why they didn't do this. I don't understand. I don't. I it would have made a stronger movie if they yeah. just, yes, yeah. if they just switched the, the, the actresses. It would yeah. have been such a good movie. Ugh, yeah. I'm just, I don't even, I don't even want to think about it. It breaks my heart. <laughs> we, we got cruel intentions not long after. So we yeah. did think about that. Yeah. That good definitely point. helped. <laughs> oh boy well ladies it has been a ride (laughs) (laughs) and now I gotta know did this movie hook in what's your rating what is your present day rating of I know what you did last summer I'll start with you Eliza same day rental yes okay that is a fall from grace from your original (laughs) it really was (laughs) was such a shocker <laughs> watching it again I was texting Jess when I was watching whatsapping Jess being like I thought this film was so much better I was absolutely sure I loved this film <laughs> watching it like what the hell is going on yes yeah, same day rental I'm afraid oh, same man. day rental and Jess what did you think same, same day rental Ooh, yeah yeah it was it, it hit the the sweet spot in terms of uh, I was looking for some 90s nostalgia yeah mm-hmm. but that's about it yeah <laughs> yes 100 percent. I, I agree I feel the same it's a same day rental yeah uh it just it, it aside from Sarah Michelle Geller's second 
croaker queen dress <laughs> i could leave the rest of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> love a cow neck don't love yes a yeah <laughs> it didn't give what it was supposed to give you know it yeah. was awful um, my poor brother he goes I, I was like oh i have to watch a movie tonight and he's like oh yeah what what movie are you watching i was like i know what you did the last summer he's like I just watched that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm really sorry. Oh, man. But he was a trooper and he rewatched it with me. Good old Johnny. I did too feel it was a a one day rental, 100%. Um, I felt like you guys. I watched it and I was actually excited about rewatching it because I remember vividly thinking this was a fun movie well thank you guys so much again for joining us check out the witchery podcast it's great tell them one more time how to find you so that they can listen you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or look at (laughs) us um, at our websites witcherypodcast.com instagram the witchery podcast and then twitter (laughs) is podcast witchery Awesome. And if you guys have any hot takes out there, our listeners about this uh, movie, about I Know What You Did Last Summer or our hot takes of the movie, you can find us on social media at No More Late Fees at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. That's a mouthful. Or our Google voice number. Why don't you give them that number, Jackie? It is 909-601-NMLF. 909-601-6653. You can also leave a message on Anchor and you may be featured on a future episode. We have a Patreon birthday shout out this week. Happy birthday to our Patreon bestie, Miss Terry, also known as Jackie's mom. We hope you have a wonderful birthday. We love you. Remember, if you'd like a birthday shout out, check out our Patreon page at Patreon dot com forward slash no more late fees and as usual have a great week and be kind and rewind